Back in person, Chris Endry, podcast host, Nick Delanovic, attorney at large, here uh, in, <laughs> at large. In, the, in, the, um, in the same room uh, for the first time in months and months. Mm. I had forgotten how nice it is to be recording a podcast specifically with a dog in my lap. Oh, he's in your lap. He's in my lap. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it has been months. Nick, how am I looking? Better or worse? Thanks for asking. Um, I was going to offer my unsolicited opinions. So yeah. This makes it. Uh, this makes it good. Yeah, I'd say. I'm not ready for the answer. <laughs> I'd say at the moment that you're um, a Budapest eight mm -hmm. and a Canberra eleven. Wow, mm -hmm. that tracks. Yeah. Wow, tracks with the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a truth. It's a truth track today, and on the truth track, which we follow all the way to uh, Accuracy Station. Choo choo. It's time for us to uh, pick an idea to rank. Okay. Do you want to three, two, one, and then we say an idea at the same time? That's good. Yeah, we should. Yeah, let's. Do, we should maybe do that forever from now on. All right, three, three two, two, one. one. Priorities. Worship. Ooh, you said priorities. I said worship. What do you think? I like worship. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, you. That's why your idea was good, and mine was just <laughs> just a word. Let's not make it about this. My ideas. They are a down a nine, but they're also sorry. Downer is a suburb here that I don't want you to try and decode more than mm. is absolutely necessary, listener. <laughs> For the best, down a nine. Also, the name of my new indie band. But yeah, but priorities is a good one as well. And it's also the name of your first single, it's with true. The down a nine. <laughs> it's really true. And this this is how I sing in the band. You know, I always thought that it was really it's really easy to feel like you connect to Radiohead's music because you've got no idea what Tom York's singing. They force you to connect because yeah, you have exactly. to you have to lean closer to the speaker. Yeah. yeah. You, your body creates an engagement response that then your brain has to post hoc justify. Worship. Great. Thank you, Luke. Welcome everyone to Rank Ideas Podcast. It's the best podcast that we've ever done. And now that I think about it, it's the best podcast in the world. Uh, because the only one that's got Nick Delatovic and myself, Chris Andrew, hosting every idea from our civilization on ever expanding this from best to worst. And today we're going to slot in the idea of worship. I'm glad you had that second thought. I am excited to do worship because I feel like it's like across the podcast we've done um, a few uh, sort of spirituality, um, religion-y adjacent ones, but I, I at least have felt really precious about picking the actual interesting ones to do. Obviously, eventually we will have to rank every human idea in order, whether they're interesting or not. But, um, you know, in these first... Uh, blushy summary um, flushes of the podcast, the, you know, our first, first 10, 20,000 episodes. Exactly. Um, it's uh, nice to get to the ones that feel actually meaty to do. So, I mean, we did Faith fairly early on. Didn't do well. It's uh, in the bottom 10 still, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, there haven't been – I mean, we've done stuff that I think cross maps pretty heavily to with it, like ideology, et cetera, et cetera. It's taken me a while to think, oh, what's the other one that's actually – again, abounded enough idea on its own and or kind of, uh, I don't know, just interesting feeling to hook into. So I'll be interested to see why I'm so interested in it as we talk about it. But first, 
the defining part of the podcast. Would you like to have a go at defining worship, Chris? Mm, as always, not really, but, um, you know, I feel like it's my turn to say something and contribute something to this journey that we're on. Podcast. Um, exactly. Uh, worship. Ooh. Worship is an act of, you're kind of like actively revering something, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, really, yeah, it's uh, creating a power relationship between yourself and a thing or a personification or a personhood, a selfhood, real or imagined, putting them in status above you. But it's also, I guess it's very sort of verby as well, like worshipping, like is um, worship worship or worshipping are both both usages of that word are active, uh, maybe, is the idea that, yeah, you like this, you can't just be passively worshipping really, like you have to, it's, it's a very active state of being like, I am placing myself in a a uh, state of genuflection, and yeah, I guess it's. Um, I'd never thought about that status element before, but that that is the key to it, isn't it? Mm, yeah, like, and you've so, you're sort of fixing it and then tracing over it. Even you're not, you are not even to something to worship it. Like at mm, least no, and it yeah. cannot be below you. Like you, no, nope. yeah, not at all. No, I mean, and that doesn't mean that you can't create a sort of narrative worship in a bounded uh, place where you know you. Uh, also, you also have a separate, you know, the the relationship with that thing um, sometimes has other status and power dynamics, but in the moment or in the act of worship, you are um, putting, yeah, that status mechanic is there. Do you um, think that, that, that it's sort of like a bit of a making peace with like an instance or a circumstance where you do not have, um, like you are in, you're, you're stuck in a lower status relationship to something and then... By choosing to worship it, you, load it positively. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You know, like say the natural world. You know, we we would love to have a say over, you know, not not decaying within our bodies, or you know, not running out of food at you know because of the seasons, or I don't know, just any number of things. And mm. um, and by instead revering them, you 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 fix your lower status relationship to that re- reality or circumstance, and then you know then you're not just constantly despairing it. At the very least, it feels like the sort of thing where the origin point for it was probably a recognition or a reckoning <laughs> with actual status um, as, a, yeah. as a phenomenon and power relationships and uh, um, resource scarcity dynamics. Um, well, look at the Queen's funeral. Sure. I, like, it, like I, I don't have a lot of general um, high regard for people's relationships with things like that. And I was stunned at the um, degree of depth of real, yeah, sort of, it is a kind of worship that, that, well, that occurred. I mean, genuine, I mean, people, this, this, maybe this is why I find it interesting to talk about is because it's a thing that I don't feel that I personally relate to um, so much in the world or, you know, pro- I, like, I should be more honest about it where I, uh, there's, where I have discomfort around the idea, kind of intrinsically, that heaps of people everywhere are doing a lot of, whether it's worshipping mm. a deity. Um, well, or the first thing I thought about when you said adjacent concept of faith, I was like, oh, it's funny. I straight away thought of celebrity. and, and yeah. Um, yeah. Where you don't know something in a distance. You're like, this is so good. And to me, the queen, uh, as an example, is probably closer to a celebrity mm. version of worship than anything yeah. else. Again, I'm sure everyone who is, you know, sort of holding the queen up in that, Worshipping pedestals probably doing it in their own uh, specific way, mm-hmm. but it does feel less of a old school aristocracy narrative and more of a um, celebrity 
narrative, like the idea of, of projecting something um, onto a figure that has been deified. Although I think the Queen's also an interesting example of the sort of um, circular narrative or the kind of interleaved narrative that can happen around this because, you know, the, uh, the way that the Queen and her story gets uh, formulated by a lot of people, in again, in a way that kind of bounces off me pretty readily but is still clearly has potency is, you know, the idea of the Queen as a um, creature of duty, someone who, you know, the, the beauty of her life was that she... Um, that she was abject to the duties that she was born into, um, which again, for me, it just sounds horrible and bad, but the, <laughs> uh, p- uh, pitiable is a situation to end up in. But even even revering that specific thing is kind of a worshipping of a value you yep. know, that you might have in your own life. Oh, the really value important of ju- just to duty as a value in and of itself, yeah, exactly, and, which, is know, w- which as someone who doesn't share that as an intrinsic exactly. value. So if you look at the values that you and I might share, you know, and I'm sure that we have ways of worshipping equivalents there would be there would be things we would be vulnerable and open to uh placing up on that um to to at the very least placing up onto a pedestal um and then investing humans with that uh pedestal power but yeah the but the again the other interesting thing about the queen is you know as someone who ostensibly has her own religious faith like there's this kind of rhetorical position that any human who is in a um position of being worshipped uh quote-unquote has where they can be like, well, I'm you're worshiping me, but I'm just worshiping the other thing above. Like I think mm-hmm. about like guru cultures, uh, for instance, like how much of how much of it is a kind of um, cosmic middle manager model, where it's the person who is a guru in a space is often using the rhetorical position of the for, the day the deity or the personhood or just the the ideology or the um, narrative that is above them that they mm-hmm. are that they are merely another servant of um but they are also allowing themselves to be sort of essentially deified um in their um leadership role in that movement if that and you, makes sense and you kind of have to have that abstract that abstraction at some point it like yeah it seems like all human hierarchies have that abstraction or, or at least at least a lot of them trend towards it. like even the queen you know like the queen doesn't exist without the bigger idea that there's a country or like you know yes. there's a kingdom or an empire or whatever that she that's is that's where duty comes that, in where her, exactly exactly yeah. and the same with um yeah if you were to yeah it, it, if you pick a, a cardinal or the, the the pope or whatever yes the pope is i'm happily you know uh, accepting the pope as my leader and um not that people don't really. Uh, I suppose they do worship the Pope, but they probably don't describe it as that. They worship it the same way they worship celebrities, the way yeah. that you were talking about before, where you kind of it's. I get, and I guess this is an interesting thing in terms of how much we might have to separate this out for the ranking. Like, um, but again, I don't think so because we're we're not sorry. talking about deification. We're talking about worship. Same phenomenon. Yeah, and I do think obviously, I uh, as someone who is less this way inclined, although I'm sure, yeah, as you say, I'm sure there are ways you could activate me around it. That the like celebrity worship, the idea of like, oh, you can't just like a celebrity's work or think that they seem to have um, positive character traits. Like there there just seems to be a strong impulse in a lot of people to be like, no, we are going to, we're going to worship these people. We're going to invest them with cosmic transcendent status. Um, and then obviously you have compared to that, the potentially far more direct strategy of being like, all right, we have the construction of a deity and we're going to go on Sunday or or in a church or whatever other different way our faith system operates and we're going to but we're going to actively and ritualistically worship this body this this deity this personification i only have this one sentence that i read once so this could be a a complete mischaracterization but something i think about uh, pretty routinely which is um when i was in bali i read that the that the the traditional way of um 
you know, harvesting rice and, you know, maintaining plantations and like, and, you know, caring for the, the water systems, et cetera, et cetera, is done as a, it is sort of like a day, like in your life, it is a practice that is worshipping the, I don't know, whatever, I, I, again, I'm way out of my depth, but, um, you know, whatever relevant deities there are mm. for the people there. A Hindu, mostly in Bal- the Balinese? I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, I, I really like the idea that, um, you know, if, you, if you're going to worship something, then the structure of your whole life is, like, I, I think it's a really interesting idea of worship because it, it's it struck me as distinct from how people engage in their religion here. N- not not better, it's just more interesting. I mean, um, it's, it's different-ish, but it's also kind of... Um, as in, I suppose people do engage in their labor in the same way. I, I mean, it's integ- I mean, it's on the one hand, it, it feels sort of integrated, like sort of narrative, yeah, that's, narratively that's, integrated, where yeah. it's just like, well, we have to do this thing anyway, so let's add exactly. this, let's add this lens to it. Whereas, I guess that and I that guess, again feels to me to be the the sort of prag, I mean, the pragmatic engagement with something that you don't like necessarily, or like that you don't, that you are not not don't like, but you are lower status against. You know, we are lower status against the fact that we have to work. You yep. Know? To, to keep things going or to have, yep. you know, in certain ways. Like, you know, if everybody stops working, the end, you know, like somebody has to do something, like we have to do something as a collective yeah. for to, to be able to keep living. Um, and that's annoying. And so, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not going to change that, or, or, or at least not today. Um, and to reckon with that reality by, you know, you are a lower status to that circumstance and yeah. by um, revering that status, like really cementing that status with a codification of some sort probably does feel better. And here's where you get into the specifics of um, my personality, for instance, where I jump straight to being like, well, yeah, like the having coming up with a positive valence for um, the things in life that you have to do sounds perfectly beautiful and great. Um, does it have to be a does it have to be a narrative invention? You know, does it have to require a narrative abstraction of law, L-O-R-E? Um, Absolutely not. It's just probably the, you know, the path of least resistance. It's probably yeah. the lowest, it's the lowest cost cognitive engagement with that reality, which, you know, is, it's easy to, is, um, is exactly what we love on this podcast. Yep. Like, you know, things that are easy to do that are not true. <laughs> for sure. Um, it, that's uh, for those just joining in. We're actually quite critical of those. Yeah, it was sarcasm. We haven't ranked that yet. Um, We haven't ranked sarcasm yet, so we don't know if that moment was good or not. So, A, there's that idea of going, okay, it's very easy to empathize and understand why, how you end up with the idea of worship. As you Mm -hmm. say, it's just just the quickest point between two, the quickest straight line between two points. But separate to that is the idea... Not separate to that. um, The flip side of that idea of just, you know, adding a whistle while you work... Um, aspect to your work um, is the idea of a strong narrative of the supplication to the things you quote unquote have to do as being natural and good and also something that you shouldn't just accept but you should be worshipfully happy about that you should um, this, that you should consider yourself lucky and joyful um, to get to do and that you should literally sing to the heavens the uh, uh, in happiness about the fact that that is your life and your circumstances and that the specific per- that there is a sp- and in in a lot of cases that there is a specific person who is dictating that to you you know there uh obviously what you take that far enough and you just have um a propagating self-propagating system of control you do, you, have, you, do you think that that's that's inevitable like i mean obviously that's something you see again and again and again and you know the simpler the narrative the more um painful the disconnect is likely to be you know as various realities intersect with it but i think that um 
you know, can we conceive of a um, a version of worship that is sort of more like a funnel into like just having a more positive experience of the things that exist in your life, like which which includes you know um, reckoning with meaninglessness and um, mm-hmm. like like can that exist or is, is, it, is think, it fundamentally incompatible? I think the bit that you talked about right at the top, um, which is more positively loaded to me is the fact that in a world where there is status, mm-hmm. that there is the scope to recognize status and um, celebrate, th- that there are things to celebrate about the reality of status relationships and that if they are able to be celebrated or okay or worth celebrating that you can celebrate them. Um, so that part, that's the little, that's the little insurrection against my sort of default uh, ick about the idea. The, the thing um, is, though, like it's hard. You can't. It's hard to mount a case that this is the only or the best way to to cover off against the you know the despair of being low status against the, the any number of things. That yeah, we all are. Yeah, totally. Um, the um, idea is it like there's no there's no godhead that's like let's reckon with reality and, no, and keep exactly. pursuing its uncertainty and this is what i was going to say before it's not actually about simplicity versus complexity of um the narrative construction that makes it uh easier or harder to engage with it is literally what we are what we are observing all the time is narratives that were created as all narratives are in a specific bounded zone and then if they get traction um, if they get growth traction, then at some point they have to scale up and scaling up means that they have to go into other uh, zones of humankind and human society, which means they butt up against other conflicting narratives. Mm. Like that is what, it's not about, um, you know, Buddhism versus uh, Lutherism um, being like one being, it's not about how uh, simple or complicated they are. They all end up pretty complicated over time because of the, um, but att- attempt to uh, curate the narrative. Yeah. Um, but what they what they are what they are is designed discreetly. <laughs> they are designed they are designed for away from each other from discrete zones, and they were, and none of them seemingly have been designed to uh, easily navigate contact with each other. Um, and then and then further to that, and I've just, I've been thinking about this a bit, talking about talking with some friends who grew up in um, more intensely religious backgrounds. Uh, a lot of them just seem fairly um, non-resistant to just differences in sensibility within the population, as in they. Uh, or, and you know, maybe this might be a, a feature, not a bug. As in, there is there is because a lot of them are uh, part of the way they police their narrative is um, through in-group out out-group like management, like there's a certain amount of exclusion built into the inclusion. You're talking about the people, that, the communities, the faith-based yeah, communities. As in there are people who grow up in them, mm-hmm. are, are complete creatures on them, don't have outside exposure to other things and still cognitively can't hang tough, like have to, have to like are a, are a square peg in the round hole, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is maybe is maybe as part of the design is like, oh, well, you know, we'll make something that works for most people and then also yeah, allows I mean, us to other. But That it- could just could be much more about like this is a rugby league household and my kids are going to love rugby league and they don't. Like yeah, that could just be it much is more the, about- It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. That could be much more about just the, the like you said, the cultural in-group, out-group and the inevitability that you can't exhaustively have a system to- map to everyone. I think that second thing, right, is yeah. that it's just being like, okay, it's hard enough, even if you have complete 
control of inputs into a local system, you can still not, you will still not be able to control yeah. all of the outputs of that system, let alone trying to, trying to like then go over into a completely different room with completely different people and say, here, here's what we do here. Um, and it makes perfect sense for us. And, uh, it should also make sense for you, that kind of evangelical project. Well, I just think that that's more about, um, the structures of these things rather than the intrinsic, like, like if, like you can have a form of worship that has no um, sideways connection between any two people. It's true. This is a digression, but uh, not really. They're a very kind of they're a crusty older cohort in um, the UK now. You know, all over the world, but like the UK had had a high concentration of them in the eighties and nineties in different like creative art scenes. But um, uh, people who were into chaos magic, um, mm-hmm. which is just a very specific kind of like, you know. Uh, sort of runs up against kind of post-punk and acid house and a bunch of cultural movements like that. And it's a lot of guys like, um, I know because a lot of like 80s and 90s, like British comic writers were kind of into it as a thing. And basically it's just a deliberately whimsical um, construction of like uh, mystical reality where you are bringing a sort of postmodern knowingness to it. You know, the idea that it's just like, yep, um, this, the thing that gives magic its power is its is is the ritualism, but also the made upness. So if you lean into the, if you, the harder you lean up and in, lean into your personal construction, uh, the, the more it can do for you. And obviously that's also, it, it tracks to a, mo- it tracks to a moment in human history where, um, individualism was a less challenged thing, particularly on the, um, in like those progressive left type of circles. But a great example, um, Alan Moore, the British comic writer, um, just would just talk about in interviews uh, in across his life about f- from a certain point, he just started worshipping a specific uh, snake god from antiquity. Like he didn't make it up. Like he didn't make up the god. The god he just found it. Found the god just lying oh, around as a minor god in one pantheon. And he's like, "Yeah, I now worship this well. god." Yeah. And he's like, "You know, the reason I worship this god is because this god is completely disinterested in me. Like has uh, no specific. There's no social baggage in any of the day to day arenas. I- <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. But he's but basically he's like, I get I get something out of this act of worshiping. Um, the God, yeah. which is, which is my own self. And it, and it's exactly what you're saying. He's like, I'm not evangelical. I'm not trying to get a single other person to worship this God. In fact, I don't want anyone to, I, I picked him because I want to, comp- I want to be the only follower, the only worshiper of this God. Yeah. So that's not a tangent at all. I think that leans really nicely to something that we were always going to have to discuss, which is, you know, if we're generally pretty cold on worship, which I feel like we are from the interrogation we've done so far. Is there a saving grace of the enjoyment factor? You know, like, like mm. I think of the things like for others and not us. Yeah, because this is the thing. Yeah. I feel like I want to be really careful about this one because I'm um, so. It just feels like uh, it's not a natural. It's, it's not. It's not my subjective taste. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it might be other people's subjective taste. And as the closest it, it, I can it think of is, is my love of the Geelong Football Club. You know, like, I, but even then, like, I I don't. It's funny, right? Because I have the things I love. <laughs> <laughs> that um i don't know i it's it's hard it, it's i can't talk about it non pretentiously uh so luckily it's here on the podcast where i talk about everything pretentiously yeah, yeah. that's the function yeah but like i don't know all of the things i've ever engaged with passionately across my life like there's so much um there's so much to critique there for me um yeah it's interesting it's like can can worship 
there's that question of like, can worship sit side side along with critique? Because I mean, you know, like I've been reading Marvel comics since I was mm, that's since my I was first since I was a kid. Talking about it, and I love them, and yeah. I will always love them, and I'll always engage with them probably. And I can talk, I could talk at length with people who are up for that about mm. why I dig them. Also, like, what are superhero comics? Um, let alone like one like corporately owned sphere of it um, is like I could talk about all the amazing things that they are, and then also like they are, um, you know, reactionary. They're re- reactionary vigilante power fantasies, like they are. With and there's a lot, and <laughs> there's a lot, uh, and they're made, and you know, their product that was um, made for a certain age group, and then contorted by the aging of aging out of that age group. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that they are that is, equ- and that stuff is equally fun for me to talk about. It doesn't. It's not like I'm there being like, oh, I love all of the kind of wonderful, like weird, dense storytelling things that come with a superhero uh, yeah, shared universe. This, and then, this- but then it's a shame about this other stuff that's bad. I'm like, well, no, it's actually quite fun to talk about all this stuff. Um, yeah, but that, and that's the thing that I think, like, is it's not codified, but you know, I could see, you know, like you, you, I would, I can see you worshiping rules, or like not rules, but like the existence of types of things like like you're like you're i think i feel like all of us must but do we subvert ourselves to our values by mm. definition it's it's funny right because i do i i try i do to a certain extent and then i try not to it, it is it's funny because it does relate to values and also it relates i mean the other thing we ranked and it did sort of not not great but not abysmally low is um love mm. like how much i guess this is the other question yeah. is like how much does what do, does worship have a specific um does it have a specific uh worthy selfhood separate to love which love being hold on one second 20 40 60 i think so because it's um uh love is it uh, currently at 97 out of 112 ideas um below below equality and above uh romance but um and again but you know and love that's a great example right like we talked like we talked a lot in the love episode which you should listen to it's great about uh, how we are both absolutely indoctrinated creatures of love. Like, you know, mm. I, we express love and think about things in terms of love all the time. Um, but, you know, does that make it good? Also, I mean, that's the thing. Obviously, here's, here's my in to the idea of worship. Yeah. I love hyperbole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a high-ranking idea on the list at the moment. Um, and so the idea of, like, I think when we did that episode, um, we really just landed on the idea of... Um, yeah, it's still 47. Um, the idea of um, having the power to express things by um, really, like, express something by really exaggerating the the heft and the strength and the intensity of how you um, express it. Like, Which is some, exactly what worship, mm, a bounded form of it is. Yeah, like you're just saying... Because and again, it's it cross maps it's 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 cross maps with love and hyperbole kind of almost equally. It's just being like, oh, I just want to, I don't just want to, um, yeah. As the hyper hyperbole lover in me is wants to protect the idea of just being like, man, I I worship these chili fries, you know. Yeah, I thought I keep also thinking about the special K that Lenny kisses in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what, like or you know being a wife guy or just like you know I don't mm-hmm. know. There's uh, here's one um. My friend Pete, he got a new car, many, like over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But um, another friend cycled past him, and he was like in the driveway, like you know, cleaning the mm-hmm. lights and like mm-hmm. you know, just really like mm-hmm. caring for it. And he was like, you know, he got he got a bit of a mocking call from my other friend, and he's like, and but he said, you got to love the things you love. 
and like mm-hmm. you know, th- like there is that sort of flavor of um, of of really taking it to the logical conclusion. Like if yeah. let's, let's do it if you're doing it. I love this. Thing. Oh, you know, this is so good to me. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, the problem is that 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 is nice to enjoy and it is inhibitory to. Um, yeah, but I certainly in- are we so you know what's what's the end pro- like? Do we think the end product of life and a good list is to be able to build fully rational engagements with reality? Like, well, like we you, know want, you, you want to protect, you want to protect. We know the ones that you that you can't. Need, but I think we know I'm, that you can't exactly. exactly. Like a lot of our protection of that, and I think this is a really int- worthwhile thing to make clear. Mm. A lot of our protection of ideas and our elevation of ideas that help you map reality better is about contention with a world where you cannot do it 100%. Yeah. You can't even do it close to 100%. Exactly. And so I think the idea of um, allowing for phenomena or for uh, things which can be relatively benign um, or just not not massively cost-laden um, to like a, and that can add, a, at the very least, a fun and enjoyable navigation of... Uh, our compromised perception of reality. Like I'm pretty sympathetic towards that. I guess then you get back to the question of just how cost laden is worship. And it does obviously in the, in our current um, version of society, uh, it's uh, unbelievably costly. Yeah. And again, we, we love and romance are down in the nineties at the moment on the list. Cause I was, the other thing I was thinking about in terms of like that idea of enjoying coming back to that idea of like, what are the versions of being of, Placing stat like recognizing a status which is above your status, or um, uh, uh, create literally put, making yourself lower status in the moment that can be really enjoyable. And I think about you know, there's a lot of um, there's certainly moments in my intimate romantic situations where I do versions of that that are really fun and nice, where it's mm. just like again in that sort of hyperbole way, where it's like, man, I'm feeling such a strong thing about this person in the other, um in this other moment that like the fun hyperbole to take it to is to like use lang- use like romantic language that is literally like worshipful, you know, like not just really push on that feeling, really push and, on that and feeling. Augment it. It's the, it's the hyperbole. Yeah. And even just, and you know, like show the vulnerability, like live show that that vulnerability show even just the act of showing may, and maybe this is more, has more juice in a world where there's a lot of like, toxic protection of status that leaks into relationships a lot. Yeah. Maybe that just feels like there's, in this particular world we're in, there feels like a certain power of being like, I, is it not only, not only do I have no fear, but it is enjoyable for me to um, lay myself at your feet in this moment. Um, I definitely have a lot of moments like that. That said, when I think about doing it to some, uh, to an abstracted imaginary being, <laughs> like yeah, but but I, like I can think of a version of worship. Like say say you, you know, I, I'm just thinking where we are right now. There's a beautiful nature reserve, mm-hmm. just, you know, the Hackett Mount Ainsley Majura Reserve. If you were worshipful of that in a way that was like not. Like I, I can see a version of you being able to go there and be like, "This is so. This is such an incredible, special thing to me." In fact, if, um, no, I'll take it to an extreme. I'm going to marry it. Like you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to wed my. Like uh, I'm dedicating my selfhood to this in a particular way. You could still have a bounded version of that that was not necessarily blinding you to the. Re- like you could also you could be like you could do that and have that be something you just go and enjoy and just you just walk through there and like this is my daily worship i get walk, walk through here i observe things you know i clean i mm. clean up the mess if i don't like it or like plants you know i don't know whatever but then there's no reason that, that would have to stop you from also 
being able to recognize, oh, goodness, I've, um, you know, alienated uh, my, resp- my other responsibilities in life to mm-hmm. the expense of this in a way that is doesn't serve me. Like, yeah. like I, I, I just don't think that, I don't think that, a, I don't think you have to go too far down the list in terms of where we put worship for it to be in a spot where you would very be strongly be able to protect against the extraordinary and, let's be frank, the norm um costs that are associated with worship in how we conceive of it or see it practiced most of the time. Because, you know, when we think of, like, honestly, the word worship, first thing I think of is, like, you know, the evangelicals that will go and sing and make declarations about mm-hmm. who's doing the wrong thing <laughs> or, like, mm-hmm. you know, that just, yep. just, just, just are totally alien or to you, how you or just say, with the So, like, the, ver- the version from my personal experience, like, mm-hmm. I remember we had, um, you know, because I went, uh, my mum took me to the Anglican church growing up in Broken Hill, which is pretty, like, Australian Anglicans are pretty, like, it's it's pretty loose. Let's not say anything too hectic vibe most but of the time. But it's a good building though. Yeah, it was a pretty good building. But um the but there was this guy, Father Tony, I think, who came for a little while and he kind of set the cat amongst the pigeons because you know, a lot of people like my mum who just wanted to go uh, and have a nice time on a Sunday and get mm. some solace about mortality. And then he showed up and with some slightly more spicy takes and I remember one of his I remember specifically him giving a sermon about how the love you have for uh, Catholics is wrong. For, no, no, the love you have for God should be so strong and intense that all of your other loves in life should uh, pale into hate. Oh, wow. Like, specifically, it's like, by comparison to your love for God, you should hate everyone, everyone in your family. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I would say I look back and I'm just like, like again, at the very least, he was, he was doing a much better job of keeping me awake. microphone. <laughs> was, yeah, he, okay. Um, but it was pretty hectic. Um, I don't think, I don't know that he lasted super long there, but um, yeah, so I mean, it's funny that you mentioned. Did he did he confess that he hated all the parishioners? By <laughs> well, or I mean, did he confess he doesn't love God enough? I mean, I mean that's I like the idea. Got a rod for your back there, Tony. Exactly. It's it's win. You could say lose lose. He would say win win. <laughs> but the um, but it's funny that you mentioned prior that you suggested priorities at the start of the episode because they're weirdly related in the idea that yeah, um, yeah. you know the 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 implication in worship is is one of priority. Of and that's like, the only way it would be a cost or a benefit. I think. Yeah. 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 As in to worship something is to not just, it's not just about your status relationship with it. It's where you place it in a status relationship mm-hmm. with all other things. And that, that to me tends more towards the costly, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe, but if, if you, if you, if you have um, a refined set of values that are based on, that are malleable and are based on your experience and you revere them you know, in a way that's above. Again, is re- it's not the same as reverence, I guess, as well. I think this is the th- okay. this is the other thing we keep coming back into is the idea. Yeah, of like, you're right. It's does pro- worship it's much stronger? Does does is what like what is worship that is distinct to just love, mm. to just um, passion, to just a, even just Enjoyment. obsession or reverence? Yeah. You know, like what what because again, I I can I agree with what you're saying that it you, it might not take too many. Of the right ideas above it to ameliorate its worst excesses, particularly, and you know, it's worth saying that, like, what we're positing with this list is that you would just use this list to just start a society from scratch. So, you know, um, that idea of like chucking it in as a as a initial element in a controlled way, um, I could see how it could not be as as bad as its, as its historical um, self. But then also, on the other side of it, it's like, what are the arguments that? Put it above a bunch. What What are the arguments for having it up? Not just not the not just the arguments against putting it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The enjoyment factor. Mm. Yeah, this is. I think this is the thing, right? It seems like there's something 
there's some there's some specific juice that it has, which is which is pretty high. Like just as as with hyperbole, you know, like yeah. if you if you really, uh, I, I again hyperbole for me, for me personally, hyperbole. I just go, oh well, there's just it just gives you a gives you a charge and a vibe that you can't get from anything else. And obviously, worship seems to do that for a lot of people who aren't me, really. Yeah, yeah, it's but kind also, of like a life hyperbole or something. Me. Yeah, like life hyperbole. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how close are we just to just having to check it against other literal things on the list? I think probably we're there. Okay. Well then. Um, I don't I know. I really don't know though. I've got no idea where it's going to go. Just for the bit, Chris, just because it's been so long since you've been in the room with the list, because uh, disclosure listens, mm. it's always on my phone and I'm on my side of the audio doing it. Do you want me to just pass the phone across and you can have a little scan? Yeah, it's too much responsibility. I mean, I'll don't worry. It. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna come back in heavy-handed when I need to. Okay. Well, oh look at this. You've even got them by the tens. Yep. I can do a little vamp while you scan. It's so if you organized. Want. Yeah. Okay. What are you gonna talk? Um, about? Uh, it's impossible for me not to pay attention to stimulus. <laughs> stimulus you're right. Occurring. You're right. Um, no one can not pay attention when I talk. Above boredom, isn't it? Hmm. Interesting. What do we, I mean? We liked. No, I don't. I don't want to talk about boredom. The ones around, but, but oh, do you know? Do you know it's one above boredom? What's one above? You'll never boredom? guess. Celebrity. It's hyperbole. Hyperbole. Yeah. 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 Small talk, uh, then running up. Small talk, analogy, self-defense, pragmatism, intelligence. It's nowhere near those. Yeah, it's nowhere near small talk. But yeah, no. it's not. It's not in the hyperbole zone. For, mm. for moi. Okay, then if we go down, yes, it's not better than pets. I mean, or pornography. Just because I have a dog in my lap right now, yeah, it's not as good as pornography. Not as good as esports. That's that's plain, plain as the nose on my face. Plain as, this is plain as the mouse on the screen. Okay, I think this is comparable. Mm -hmm. Just a couple. So running down, male. Yep, sure. Um, our, our classic middler. Yeah, below that is nostalgia. Mm. And then underdog. I think super cool. Yeah, yeah, super comparable. Actually, mm. yeah, great. Um. I think it's probably better than Underdog. I mean, it's it's really bad in its in in its intersected form with a whole bunch of like incentives to never interrogate. Yeah, Underdog is under you know, and the same's quite true of Underdog, really. Mm. Um, sorry, is it nostalgia and then Underdog's under nostalgia? Yeah, yeah. It, anniversaries, jobs, cruises. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah, jobs is an interesting one. I guess it's um, yeah. Let me think of. I think this is the section though, because I because th below that is cheating, cuckold, cults. Yeah, cool. Then we're getting uh, into. I think, it's, we're getting into I think more it's probably fairly thing. above those. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy to be swayed, but um, what's keep going? Like, just keep going down for a bit. This is this is just fun for me to be on the other side. Okay, then we've got podcast name calling, nudity, actualization, perfection, journalism, fashion, treasure. Yeah, cool. It's definitely better than actualization and perfection. I think. Mm -hmm, so that's I agree. that's the range. Cool. So yeah. Um. How does it compare to nostalgia for you? What do you think? Nostalgia was another one. Because nostalgia is really comfortable because that was the other one where I came in where I'm like, well, I hate it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's the worst thing ever. Um, well, I think worship, it, I mean, it can be worse and it can be better. Um, yeah. So, I, And I think I, I, I'm really surprised to be rooting for it and defending it as a, the, the virtues of it here because I also don't really consider it. Like I yeah. don't have a personal relationship to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least not in the way that I witness other people have, um, and I think I think it's 
better because like the the best that you're going to get out of nostalgia is going to be a good warm glowy feeling but i think you know if you if you i think there's a euphoria that people get from worship or like is there or is it just something that they do? No, there's objectively euphoria they get from it. The, I mean, not everyone, but the people, like certain people, and not every. Yeah, it's it's situational. The other argument is: is nostalgia better if you take worship out of it? This is the other way that we do the list. It's been, uh, yeah. you know, relative thing. Like, is do do you protect a better version of nostalgia if you take out the idea of like genuflect? Like, yes, but there's a whole bunch of equally trash concepts that make nostalgia better or mm-hmm. worse, depending on where they are. Mm-hmm. It's not the main. I don't think it's the main. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, maybe not mission critical to improving nostalgia. And then again, what's under nostalgia? The, what's between nostalgia and jobs? Uh, underdog and anniversaries. Yeah, anniversaries is like it's, pretty pretty new. We're obviously in the right spot because I feel like anniversaries is also comparable because it's kind of like it's a worship of a yeah occasion. Yeah, it feels yeah it feels super close to that actually. Mm. And I just think it's better because it's more it's more uh, potent. Yep. Which, which is potentially why it's worse, but I just don't think that the – I don't think that the really bad elements of it are their own sort of force that automatically means that you – like having the existence of worship at all doesn't yep. – Because we've got – if we've got uh, if we've got perfection underneath it, then you – and things like ideology, then you're taking away a lot of the totalizing mm. narratives. Like yep. the idea of it's like you have to take it to its logical conclusion gets kind of taken out a bit. Like look at Ruben. He, he's got the his shrine of, you know, how many Independence Day VHSs? Oh, the, yeah. Our friend Ruben you know? has, uh, yeah, several dozen yeah. Um, like copies that's a of worship. Independence Day. That is absolutely a worship. Yeah. And that is not, like, that doesn't require anything of anyone else. It's just a nice little enjoyable thing. If, well, if, I mean, I don't want to speak for if, even just a, Even just a worship, like, I don't know, the thing I have with, say, the movie Point Break, where I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like, it's perfect. And people are like, do you mean it's perfect? And I'm like, no. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the missing. That's the thing that um, uh, I would articulate if I had, if there were a better system. But the imperfections, like, and the problem, you know, you can. I think you can worship, have a worship relationship with something that doesn't automatically preclude critique of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's and all the all the processes that encourage yeah. critique. And to me, that suggests the right place on the list is like you need we we want to, we place it somewhere on the list where we protect the idea that it is the. That it has to be a fully critiquable version of itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and also a fully. And again, I, I think a lot of our other highest rank ideas is ones we go. All right, the best versions of things are ones where you can um, detect and verbalize and uh, pinpoint the construction of things. Like it's yeah. like rules being really high. Um, Scientific it, method, like I just criticism. Where, I just think that the, the ideas that are at the top of our list. I, I don't think you can have. You, I don't think you can pick someone and be like, okay. If you if you think of someone who's got the worst version of worship in their life, or a, a form of worship in their life that is, you know, doing what you would consider to be a disservice to their well being, um, or or of those around them, it's very unlikely they'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, I consider worship to be forty places less important to me in in life than, uh, you know, scientific method or like uh, critical reasoning or any of the great point, yeah, great point. And here's the other point you you've brought me to is that I think of all of the things that make it. All the things that make it most hard to um, change your mind state from one that might from the mind state that we might most critique in terms of being like st- stuck uh, strongly into a ideological or faith based system that is um, that is not serving you. All of the thing, all, all the all the people around you, or or is holding you back from other opportunities in life. Of all the par- all the brain parts of that, all the idea parts of that that would make it hard to get out of that. 
worship is in there, but I don't think it's at the top. As yeah. in, like, as in, I think I don't think the charge you get from the worship is going to be the absolute deal breaker that stops you leaving that mindset, that stops you behave, thinking, changing your thoughts and feelings. If everything else, if you, if if uh, if everything else has exploded, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I think also it's distinct from you know a very adjacent and often associated ideas like faith, because faith is of itself an inhibitory mm. um, process. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, yes, I am feeling uh, very good about having it um, directly under the mail and above nostalgia. Great. That sounds great. What you said eight minutes ago, but again, we have to do this perfectly yeah, every you. time. So you got to take the time. And um, those who listen to us regularly um, have been listening to us do it the way that we do it. So unless you verbalize anything to the contrary, listeners, we can only take your continued listenership as um, proof that you love everything about the way we do this podcast and you want us to keep doing it exactly as we're doing it. And we hear you loud and clear. We hear you loud and clear. We get the message loud <laughs> yeah, and Yeah, we clear. get it. It's just quiet and All right, settle down. Okay, we won't change. All right, it's perfect. We, yeah. we won't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you have any um, thoughts or feelings ever or suggestions for ideas um, or, um, yeah, uh, Hate mail. Manifestos about pets uh, and their place in podcast recordings. Um, just get in touch with us uh, through our Twitter or our Instagram or um, by, uh, you know, like uh, doxing us or our public information. Make it easier to find in real life. Everything except the last one. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Chris. Love you. Great to be in the room with you. Love you too. Thanks for listening. Commotion, this lotion, this lotion. Sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion. Rank ID.